Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by Una, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Dylan McCabe. Dylan is the co-founder of Limitless Roofing, a GPO specializing in commercial and residential roofing materials and supplies. But he and his team aren't just consolidating demand. They are also building a collaborative community in what has historically been a highly fragmented industry, at least on the buy side. So, hi, Dylan. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on the show. It is my pleasure. I think we're going to learn some interesting things today because this is not only a different approach to buying roofing, it's a different topic than what we would typically cover here. So this should be a good opportunity. In fact, starting with your background. So having a roofing-based GPO seems incredibly specific. So I would love to know the journey that brought you to this point in your career. Sure. You know, I've done several things over the years, but um, for a couple of years, I was in healthcare with a technology and consulting company. And we worked with GPOs in healthcare because they're, they're so prevalent. They sure are. And um, got to know some, some really good people in, in that space. And then I was in a period of transition, kind of looking what to get into next. And a really good friend of mine has been in roofing for about 20 years and owns his own roofing business. And uh, I ended up working with him and right away just started asking, where are the GPOs in roofing? And he said, well, what is a GPO? And that's what got all this started. <laughs> Excellent. Well, and it's funny, and and I actually benefited from learning quite a bit from you in our pre-interview, because I will be totally honest with this audience. My knowledge about roofing pretty much is captured by the statement that roofs go on top of buildings. That's that's about it. That is all I know. I've never re-roofed. I've never bought roofing. Um, and so actually, I, I imagine many of the listeners would benefit from the same. So what are some things that are unique about the roofing industry? You know, roofing is is interesting because it's a pretty simple business model. Like, I mean, like you said, you're putting a roof on a structure, whether it's a house or a commercial building. There's a lot of different ways to do that, but it's the basic premise of this thing either needs to be replaced or repaired. And it involves purchasing roofing materials. And so every roofer, there's about 100,000 roofing companies across the U.S. And every single one of them is buying materials from suppliers or manufacturers. And, um, you know, the average residential roofer is probably spending 500 to a million dollars a year on wow. roofing shingles alone. And so there's there's a big need. There was a big need in the industry to consolidate and bring, you know, bring owners together to create some buying power and some synergy. And part of what I think we're going to learn from you in this conversation is not just about roofing and some of the unique challenges and opportunities in that space, but also about the fact that you are on an entrepreneurial journey. And so some of what you've learned in bringing limitless roofing to be is something that anybody in an entrepreneurial role can learn from. 
how would you describe the the go-to-market experience that you've had so far? You know, it was challenging because you go from a situation like healthcare where you could go to any doctor and say, well, hey, what GPO do you belong to? I mean, they That's all right. they can all talk about being part of a GPO and all the benefits of the buying power plus just the the way that they help one another with best practices or maybe annual events. I mean, they all do it a little different, but there's just so many benefits. Well, um, you know, when you go to roofing or when we went to roofing, we we got a deal with a major supplier. And we thought we were going to have hundreds of members within the first few months. And instead, it was just crickets. I mean, we would make posts on social media. We started mentioning mentioning it on our podcast. We started going to industry influencers. And there was just confusion because there was nothing to compare it to. There are no major national buying groups in roofing. And so we would go to somebody and say, hey, we formed this group purchasing organization. But it's not like a, you know, let's say it's a, project manage- management software platform, we couldn't say, hey, our our software yeah. platform is just like this other one, but better for these reasons. There was just nothing to compare it to. So we actually had to bring in a, a, a marketing consultant just to help us with the, the story and the messaging so that people could actually understand, here's the problem we solve. Here's why we're stronger together. Here is all yeah. the benefits and why you're, you know, you trying to run your business is like climbing Mount Everest alone. No one has ever climbed Everest alone. The reason is because you would die, right? You you need a team. You need to grow your business in community with other business owners if you really want to have a strong business and be strong as a leader. And so, um, yeah, it was challenging, you know, but that's part of the entrepreneurial journey. You got you got to face challenges repeatedly. And if, if, um, you know, I think that's what scares a lot of people away from starting their own ventures. Oh, I think you're absolutely right about that. And it's interesting because oftentimes, Later down the road, you'll hear people talk about a first mover's advantage, but that advantage is never actually identified and quantified and hopefully monetized until it fully exists. There's a whole period of time during which, as you pointed out, you're not only trying to convince companies that they should work with your team, you're trying to convince them on the model. Do you have any sense of what the challenges were, the obstacles and the roadblocks that you had to overcome through marketing and communications to sell people, again, not just on you, but on the idea that this concept would work in the roofing space. Yeah, I think, you know, people are afraid of what they don't understand. And so anytime you come to a marketplace with a new venture or a new solution, people are immediately skeptical. I am too. So I totally get that. Um, so our challenge was just getting someone on a meeting to discuss the, mem- you know, the benefits of membership. Once we actually got them to a Zoom meeting, it was easy because we just asked them a lot of questions about their business and see if we're a fit. And we we would talk about how, hey, this is a group purchasing organization for roofing. We want to help you save. We also want to help you grow. We want to help you work on your business, but we want to help you work on yourself too. And that's done in community with with the other members. And and so then it then it was then it's easy, but getting that out, getting the message out there with advertising and stuff like that. I mean, we're still working out the kinks. I don't, you know, we're we are pretty young as a buying group, and so I don't want to, um, you know, paint the false picture here that we've arrived. We are definitely <laughs> still working this out. Well, and I think truly, if if you're a good entrepreneur, you never think of yourself as having arrived. 
different space, different kind of company, but something tells me that Elon Musk does not necessarily think of himself as as having arrived, right? Uh, of course, he keeps taking on new challenges, which maybe maybe one type of GPO at a time, Dylan, just to keep things simple. Um, you also mentioned that this for you is your entrepreneurial journey. And this is a topic that comes up a lot on this podcast, not just because we have entrepreneurs on that we want to learn from, but also because we talk about the intrapreneurial mindset where you have somebody that works in a more traditional corporate setting and they're trying to simulate some of the advantages, the approaches or the ways of thinking, even though they're their income isn't necessarily on the line. They're trying to think more like an entrepreneur in order to drive change or transformation or competitive advantage. And yet I have a feeling that what it means to be entrepreneurial means very different things to different people. Now, given the experience that you've had, what is it that it means to you? You know, I think being an entrepreneur to me means being a creative leader who elevates others. You know, I'm not I'm not here to sell something. I'm here to solve problems or create new ways, better ways of doing things and to be creative about that. You know, McDonald's has a very systematic way so that every time you go, you get the same burger with the same ingredients and all, all of that's fine, but I get bored with that. And I'm always thinking about, well, what, what if the, you know, what if the the chicken sandwich was spicier or what it, yeah. you know, I, I just can't help it. You know, I think very creatively about things. And so I like, I think when people realize that you just want to help them and finding out what their biggest challenges are, if you truly have a creative way to do that easier, better, faster, more efficiently, whatever it is, you're an entrepreneur. But if you're, if you're satisfied, if you're, I think for some people that's scary and that's great. You know, my, my wife, for instance, was a senior financial analyst at a massive healthcare system here in Dallas. And she spent all day long in Excel spreadsheets with very consistent projects. And she loved that. You know, the, the kind of stuff I do would be scary to her, um, but but I would be bored in her position. I would go crazy. So I think being an entrepreneur is, you know, you've kind of got your, it's kind of like a shark, you know, a shark will die if it stops moving. And I think guys, guys and gals that are entrepreneurs, they like to move. They like to advance. They like to think about how to make things better constantly. And I'm assuming you live by your own advice around not climbing Mount Everest alone. So I'm sure you've you've built a community of people around you that are focused on different types of delivery or bringing different skill sets to the team. I know that part of your value proposition is around com- community building. Um, but how has it also played a role in your go-to-market strategy? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. I'm I'm a big believer that we all stand on the shoulders of others. And if you want to go, you know, like that old African proverb, um, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go yeah. together. Um, and I've been very fortunate to have mentors all the way from, you know, I'm uh, I've got a real, my, my spiritual life is very important to me. Um, then I went to Bible college early on, had a mentor in Bible college that I desperately needed. Then I moved to Dallas to go to Dallas seminary, had a, an amazing businessman, uh, who was a mentor and friend there. And, and today I've got a few guys in my corner that I call and spend time with to bounce ideas off of that each have kind of different skill sets or levels of experience. And they're my mentors, um, because you don't know what you don't know. And so we wanted to create that in our group as well, so that when people join, 
um, limitless when roofers join. Yes, of course, we have buying power. We get, you know, discounts, rebates and different things as a group. But really the exciting part to us is when we join together monthly in a monthly mastermind and the mastermind meetings are structured in a certain way to where one person gets to sit uh, man in the middle, so to speak, and they get to share for five to 10 minutes what their biggest challenge is currently in business. And then each other member gets to weigh in, ask questions, give feedback, and they work on it together. So they remove the limits on their own knowledge and, and experience as the other people in that meeting get to shine with the light of their knowledge and their experience on that person's problem. And that's what we love the most. I mean, and I think when when people, when our members talk about being a member, that's usually what they talk about. I mean, the benefit, the buying power is great, but um, it's the relationships that keeps people there. I do agree. And, and I think we've seen that play out in a lot of different ways over the last couple of years. And it's funny because I, I don't talk about it often. It's certainly come up occasionally. Uh, my faith is also important to me. And one of the things I, I do know that I've learned in study is that Paul, who in my mind was one of the first great entrepreneurs, he wrote most of the New Testament, right? He he kind of built this idea into a larger community. He was originally a tent maker, which I know it's a slight stretch, but they had very different materials at the time. That's kind of like a roof. So <laughs> that's so good. I never put that together. There you go. You're you're following in a very proud tradition of building communities by putting different types of roofs over people's heads. So if uh you just never know, we may be in in 2000 years people may be listening to this podcast as, as part of some important compilation. Um, but I, I do think the communities that we build around ourselves and the reasons we build them and how we build them really are as much a determining factor in the success that we have as truthfully the straightforward business proposition is. That's so good. I agree 100%. Now, Dylan, one of the things that I always ask people that join me here on The Sourcing Hero, uh, and you actually have a choice. So the audience knows how this game works. This is our tradition. I'm going to give you two questions, and it is entirely your choice which one of these you answer. There are no wrong answers. There are no crazy answers. We've heard absolutely everything over time. But here are your choices. Either what does the idea of a sourcing hero mean to you? Or what do you think heroism looks like in a business context? You know, I think heroism looks like laying down everything to help others. I mean, you mentioned the, the New Testament and Jesus said, um, greater love has no one than this, that one would lay down his life for his friends. And if you are really there to serve others, if you are really truly striving to, uh, I call it elevating others, helping mm -hmm. others, lifting them up and out of whatever currently has them stuck, then to me, that's heroism. I mean, it doesn't have to be on a battlefield. There's plenty of people who have made very costly decisions because they were the right decisions, not necessarily the most profitable decisions um, at all in all roles in business. And so to me, that that's what it's about. If you can wake up every day and say, you know what, I am here to serve and empower and help others, aid them in their journey, whether that means um, shining their shoes or running a board meeting in such a way that 
the pros and cons are crystal clear and people know how to make a good decision, then, and, and even if it, even if it goes against what is pleasing to certain people in power, as long as you're dedicated to doing the right thing and making sure that it brings about the most good for the people you can influence, to me, that's heroic. Well, I know you're relatively early in your entrepreneurial journey, but I'm certainly looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. And so I hope you will keep us in the loop, right? Stay in touch and let us know what you're learning and things are going But if people listening to this podcast now want to get in touch with you, want to learn more about your business, your entrepreneurial journey, or simply your philosophy on on running a company, what is the best way for them to get in touch? You know, you can connect with me on Facebook uh, at Dylan McCabe, and you'll see the logo of our our buying group up there, Limitless, um, or on LinkedIn. Either way, I'm I'm available, would would love to connect with anybody interested in, in talking more about entrepreneurship or learning about the group. Excellent, Dylan. Well, thank you so much for being with me today. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for the Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, sourcing heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.